Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Listen, I need a quick consultation because we're going to go to a concert in a few hours. You and mm-hmm. you and me and the boys mm-hmm. and the gals. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And triple I, D. It's a triple D night. It is. <laughs> and I don't know why, probably in our mania and being out of the loop back in March when we bought these tickets. I mean, none of us thought to sit together, you know, so th- that it's like we're all going, but we're just going to be scattered around Los Angeles inside that Greek theater. I think it was one of those things that you were like, I got tickets. You guys get tickets, too. You know, it was just one of those times because well, KCRW, you know, this is our local, uh, you know, NPR or whatever. They the way they release tickets, especially when they sponsor shows, is they're like, you know, get them while they're going because they promote the shit out of this stuff. And it was the one of the first concerts that was signaling life was going to come back this fall. Yeah. And yeah. I just got really nervous. I wasn't going to get one. So I think I was like, everyone get in line. And, you know, and I, uh, it's but I, I'm just laughing. I'm like, we're not sitting together. None yeah, of us we are also, sitting together. We didn't sit together for Future Islands. We're not sitting together for this. It's not. <laughs> And you're just I'm, kind of like, hi, bye. Like, <laughs> I know I'm out of practice or we can figure out. Here's the thing is fuck the rules, man. You know, there's mm-hmm. that whole fun section that's in front of the C block where people just kind of congregate and dance. So I'll send you the bat signal uh, <laughs> at some point this evening to be like, come down here, meet me and dance. Yeah, if you and, hear uh, a weird bird call between songs, you know, it's Brooke. <laughs> It's me. So my consultation is after we wrap up, I'm going to go buy a new weed pen because mm-hmm. I haven't. I, I think my dad stole mine or I gave it to my brother. Or so. It's classic. Classic Mark. Classic Van Mark. I know. And so I think I'm going to go a little out of character because it's a brand that is kind of for newbie nerds, which is like me to a T, but it's supposed to be a dancey, giggly, fun, and it's a sativa blend, which is not usually what I do. But uh-huh. I think, I think I'm, I think I'm going to do it. Here's my little take, my tutorial on a little vape pen is you just take little baby hits. Baby Don't hits. pull on that fucker until it's too much and you cough it all out. You just got to like slowly ease into it well this this brand is dosist if you're familiar i've had them before Mm -hmm. it has a trigger mechanism so that when it feels you pulling it uh gives you a meter dose 2.5 milligrams it cuts off so right sure is because fucking dumb dumb here did you do do you know that they have it where you're going did you do your research you can like show up and okay good i just didn't want you to be 
disappointed and then be like, give me this. And then you just go into a fucking sativa hole at the show and have no fun at all. You know, I don't no. want that for you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think I think uh, I'm going to. Listen, I'm going to bring in a ray. I'm going to be like a fucking, um, you know, concessions lady, you know, that style. I'm going to have my little cardboard box in front of me filled with my different levels of weed <laughs> so that if I miss, I think I'm going to try this one before we even like leave the house mm-hmm. so that if I need to, you know, recalibrate and try something <laughs> different by the time the show starts and yay, I've got some joints that are a really great ratio of mostly CBD. <laughs> Uh to THC, which just get me like a little goofballs. And that's about it. There will be no meltdown tonight is what I'm trying to tell you. Oh my God, you guys. Welcome to Cyber Podcast. Uh, I'm Andrea Wallace. <laughs> and I'm getting ready to go out. I'm Brooke Van Poplin. Uh, I- this is honestly like the best pre-shift like chat, like polishing silverware, polishing glasses like I've that we've had in a really long time. This I- is like I-, I pictured us at the restaurant having this conversation. So great. You guys, I'm determined to get it right, you know, and <laughs> as you should. As yes. you should. You know, I don't like rum, really, unless it's a tiki drink. I rarely drink gin or the side effects that that makes me feel or flushed or hot. Why can't we calibrate and like hone in on very, very specifically the kind of high we want? And now we have that option, you know, we have these options. It's good. I've been flying blind all these years. And, you know, that can be that can be, you know, I think something we're discussing really quite often on this uh, cannabis live stream that I'm working on is just like there are a bunch of us who really would uh, benefit from uh, really enjoy all all the wonder that weed has to offer. But we have had terrorist experiences <laughs> uh-huh. over the last you know decade, especially the stronger weed we, we talk about all the time. So I have a whole slew of friends who just say weed is not for me and I that was me too. I was like, I'm just not a weed person. And I've, t- it, it, here's the thing, guys. It takes some self discovery, some time, some research. There might be a little whoopsie here and there to figure out what you like and what makes your brain happy and what your, what your good, happy space is. And, to, and like, if you don't know what someone's giving you, say no. But like, yeah, to be your own, you know, you can be that dare officer narc who's like, I say no to drugs that I haven't fully studied on a website, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. but I will do a drug that I've exhaustively researched and read four star <laughs> reviews on, you know, I love um, the idea that like you're the scientist who like does all the work and you're like, OK, like statistically like this should work for me. And then it's just like it's just you're also that person that like anytime you smoke weed, you just like fall the fuck apart. Not that that's going to happen. <laughs> right, I just right. like the scenario. And then you're like, but I've done all the science work. Why? I know. Which but you know also- that happens to people all the time. It does. It, but it's my white whale. I've been chasing this like. The few times I've had this perfect high and I've been chasing that high all these years. And I I think I will find it again. And to be honest, we've been talking to fucking experts. They are researchers. They are literal squares. They're either neuroscientists or they are research, like PhD research. 
and you ask them, do you like being high? And they're like, not particularly, but the benefits of, you know, and they're, and they're just like, they're like, this is how you research is they're like, sometimes you're going to get too stoned and not like it, but they're, but it's, it's been so cool and reassuring to be like, okay, I am, I do kind of fall into this category of cannabis research where I need to really, really control it. Totally. And then wield the benefits, you know? So anyways, tonight we'll let you guys know tonight's one big experiment so yeah because you guys have just watched me walk out of many many concerts over the years so um. <laughs> brian is just doing a a, a very mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, i know nod. i know you, you guys this is like this you're like famous last words bvp <laughs> well um, we aren't sitting together so if i don't hear the bird call then i'll know you have flown the coop uh, exactly <laughs> Don't worry. It's all in your mind. You guys, hey, if you guys haven't already, subscribe to our podcast, rate and review our podcast. Uh, Tell us what you think. We love, we love when you do it. And thank you. Someone literally just reviewed us this week and was just like, chill ladies, fun podcast. Love it. (laughs) That's all I got to (laughs) say. I've never been happier. That's all I need. <laughs> it was great. We we love the words of encouragement when you subscribe. It really does help us kind of stay on the charts in America. It's a big deal to be in the 200s when you think of like how many fucking podcasts there I agree. are. Yeah. There, it's you guys keeping us sort of, you know, top of the pops, if you will. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but we are independent. There's nothing behind us pushing it. So it's us. It's us who listen and us doing it that it's like we're registering, which is really cool because mm-hmm. we've worked hard for Andrea going on three, three years. years. It's crazy. I love it. Half of the time during a goddamn pandemic. Just going to say that, too. I know. I know. But we're coming out. We're coming out. We've had a lot of we've had a lot of layers to this podcast and and how we've related to you guys and what we've all gone through. So we are all officially trauma bonded. Uh, Okay, well, let's let's hop into some headlines, shall we? Yes. Fuck to the yes. Um, well, this this headline immediately jumped out to me, Andrea. It made me so, so excited. Uh, but basically, the title of this CNN-style article uh, is Women Have Been Overlooked in the History of Alcohol. This author set out to change that. And essentially, um, there is a brand new book that's hit the, uh, you know, whether you like your Kindle or your hard copy from an borders but no borders are all gone sorry from the barnes and nobles there There could be one (laughs) from your local bookseller like skylight or powell's or whoever but um all okay the book is called girly drinks a world history of women and alcohol and it's a book that looks at alcohol through a feminist lens uncovering centuries-old stories of female entrepreneurs rulers and rebels who were critical to the production of distribution and culture of alcohol, but have been given little or no credit for their contributions. Cool and also typical. <laughs> no, I know. And we have 100% harped on this and covered, you know, the fact that we also like the things that we've uncovered, the lights that we've been shining on the fact that like a women weren't you were scorned if you if you did drink, then there was like 
you're not allowed to work in a bar or an inn. Like you need to be hidden upstairs or in a snug, like mm-hmm. or behind this partition. Mm-hmm. Um, then you weren't allowed. Then again, like we bartended while the boys were away at war. Then they came back and we're like, get the fuck out of here. You improved it too much. It's going too well. Let us take it back and fuck it up. Women weren't legally allowed allowed to bartend until the 1970s. You drop this piece of trivia to anyone and they go, shut the fuck up. And then you're like, look it up. Look it because it does sound crazy, right? It does sound crazy. But let's talk about like how how much people spent on Cosmopolitans when Sex in the City made him popular. Let's talk about, you know, even some of these uh, facts in the article. Catherine the Gate catalyzed Russia's vodka industry. Um, You know, there Hildegard von Bingen, a nun who was perhaps the first person to document adding hops to ale. Right. I I mean, mean, there's a woman who basically put Maker's Mark on the map named Margie Samuels, who is the one that came up with the iconic red cap. Like, bitches be getting it done everywhere. And I think, too, like, we even when we went into the craft beer industry, Mm -hmm. it was a really great... uh, email that was written in from a listener who was like, fun fact, witches, you know, like witches are also some of the people you can credit for beer, hops, brewing, you name it. And when it was, you know, discovered to be delicious and wonderful and possibly profitable, it was like, burn them and steal <laughs> their, the steal their grog. Oh my God. Uh, actually, uh, this was uh, my idea. Uh, like, uh, suppressed women everywhere take their ideas, uh, profit off of them. Um, have I, I know I told the story about how, like, the, the, the Moscow Mule Oprah situation, you know. Okay, but Andrea Wallace is not credited. <laughs> In the, in the annals of history. Go ahead. Now's your time. Stake your claim. Uh, I, just, I have a friend who, who was a personal chef for Oprah, and I introduced her to Moscow Mules at one of Brian's birthday parties. And the next thing you know, Oprah fucking loves Moscow Mules and is like catapulting them like into like cocktail packages you can get for Christmas with your copper mugs and your ginger beers and your vodkas. So I feel like I there I played a part in that. I'd like to take ownership of it. I'm giving it to you. I say <laughs> You know, red light, green light, green light all the way, baby. Okay. Yeah. And that this was, three, was your three women pushing it forward together. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But yes. um, I I do think that you, it only makes sense, especially with trends in the time and women pushing like cool shit. Like this is makes so much sense to me. Like, this is how it's done for sure. Nobody nobody's gonna think that like a fucking farty light beer is sexy that dudes want to drink. Nobody's like, oh Milwaukee's best was like you nobody's thinking that. They want the sexy awesome shit. Not to like be like if your women are doing it it's sexy. You you know what I'm saying. But like cool shit. Let's say that. The of the course. coolest. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's call it like finessed. Let's call it layered. Let's call mm-hmm. it a little complicated and mysterious. Absolutely. Like a woman um I do love that uh during her research Omira she says you know by by the half point of researching the book I could start to guess what was going to happen women were going to create this new alcohol or new way of making alcohol and it immediately was going to be taken over by men as soon as it got popular and she's like every country in every time period this is the history of alcohol and that's crazy and this is one of the first books she's like She's like, the other thing is like, you're out there trying to research 
the book that needs to exist. But the truth is, this is the book that needs to exist to get the research on the map. She's like, it was this like snake eating its tail thing. Because then, of course, like if men are in charge of also sort of keeping our history books because they take it upon themselves, they're going to conveniently leave out, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a very white male written history in our country, as we know, for a lot of other areas that are, you know, fraught. Uh, with an alternate version of how this fucking country and world works. But yeah, of course, she's like, you really, really have to dig to get to the truth. I mean, the whole like changing it like through the view of a male lens, it's almost like as if like that nun who like put hops in beer was like the original St. Pauli's girl and then over time became like more scantily clad with her tits out on a beer bottle. Like that's how it works, guys. (laughs) Guys, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Abre los ojos. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but um, I, I honestly think uh, I'm gonna gift myself uh, this book. I think it'll be a great read. Let's do. Maybe we should do a little book club and come oh back. Oh my god, and for sure. Let's get I, her on the show. I was just gonna say, I bet we could reach out and see if she'd love to do. <laughs> we'd love if she would do an we episode. We would love nothing more. <laughs> we would love nothing more. But guys, do check it out. The book again is called Girly Drinks: A World History of Women and Alcohol. Yay. Yay. This one's on the house. So then speaking about that, if you want to uh, dive into this at all, I've got your back. Something we were talking about. Top of the show. Oh, CBD cocktails. And cannabis cocktails are now this sort of, we want to hear from you. Are you living in states and bars where they've learned how to navigate this? Because you're not going to see very often, as we know, like uh, THC in a cocktail, like, you're not allowed to that's not legal Mm -hmm. you know um cbd is legalized and it can be added to many a thing and we've also been trying to decipher like what cbd is bullshit and what cbd is actually beneficial do you know where they sourced it otherwise you're just drinking weird shit i Mm -hmm. I, i'm telling you i have gotten like a two-month crash course on trying to understand cbd and so it's this, but it's going to be this sort of snake oil salesman version of this new craze that's going to be popping up. That's going to probably just be a bit of a nightmare for bartenders, consumers. I mean, I feel like it was kind of already like starting to make a big name for itself. And then COVID happened and everything kind of backed off. So maybe now it's just starting to build once again. Like when Lowe's opened up uh, their cafe in West Hollywood, which I haven't heard shit about since we even did the story, because I think it's you know, very hard to navigate that. There was like certain drinks you could get with cannabis in it, which are basically the same things that you can purchase from dispensaries, right? Like your THC, your your CBD drinkies that way. But you're right. It is really hard to figure it out. And it's almost like, do you have to like sign a waiver? Like, what do you have to do? You know? I mean, listen, I'll tell you what. I, I, I should have signed a waiver the first time someone made me a Sazerac and also made me something with absinthe. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. like that alone, like alcohol alone can really pack this crazy punch. And I personally am now becoming a proponent uh, against like quit, quit buying CBD water, quit buying. Like if you, if there is CBD for sale at the gas station or 7-Eleven, oh, do yeah. not touch at it. At Walgreens. People. 
Yeah, I probably wouldn't. It's just that trickle down. It's like getting like a fancy bacon burger at Burger King, in my opinion. It's just this like trickle down from like the fancy shit that just is like been broadened and diluted. Um, here's the thing, and you know, and I know we've talked about this before, is that like if you're getting something with THC in it, say cocktail wise, it doesn't hit you the same way that alcohol does. Like no. it might not hit you until like two hours later. And you, you know? could have kept drinking and now you're uh-huh. in a really weird place. Uh-huh. And you know, for me, like the argument is like, okay, people might be like, oh, but like I'm I'm trying to mix it up and do more, you know, uh, have more THC in my body versus alcohol or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but suddenly when you've got them both going at the same time, I, I really think that's a slippery slope. Like I can tell you how I'm going to feel after three glasses of wine. That is a very, once again, very road tested, trustworthy sort of situation. If I had two glasses of wine and then a boozy cocktail that had either THC or CBD in it. We're talking like your night could get dangerous, you yeah. know, if you're alone. And granted, I don't think we're going to see two. I mean, we're not going to be able to legally see THC. It's not legally allowed to be sold in a bar or establishment, but the CBD is sneaking in there. And may I do a quick PSA? Sure. I'm, I'm in a mood guys. I'm in a mood. Um, <laughs> But okay, little background on me is I wanted to start using CBD um, more for my anxiety uh, issues or for pain management, all this stuff, right? So I learned, and there's not a lot of research out there, it's, it's getting out there. And there are a few really reputable sources. If you take a daily antidepressant like I did, an SSRI or an SNRI, CBD is the last thing you should be taking. It it competes for your serotonin uptake inhibitors, all that stuff. And especially if you drink it or eat it as an edible, you will be competing with your antidepressant to be broken down in your liver at night. Every night it competes for the same chemical component that breaks down the CBD and the antidepressant. So you're not flushing out your daily antidepressant, which means it's not moving through you. And instead you are having heightened bad side effects of your antidepressant. So I would feel really good momentarily. And then in in the middle of the night, when you know, your liver is flushing out, getting ready for the next daily dose. Instead, it was staying put and building up in my system. And I was having really bad palpitations, really like increased anxiety, all the side effects. And then I was like, why is that? And then found out it's it's actually the truth behind it. CBD is very bad. So you can put a tablet under your tongue or do a tincture right into your bloodstream and try and take it later in the day. But I think this is like a really powerful piece of research that yeah. I've now I've now talked to like three um, certified doctors, experts, whatever. And so I'm off. I'm totally off antidepressants, which is going great. Awesome. I know. No, it really is. I that it was like I can't. I can't lie. It has actually been going great. And so I'm ready to start dabbling again with some CBD and all this other stuff. But there, your doctor doesn't tell you this. 
or if they ask you about your cannabis habits and you're like, I'm not telling you shit. Like, and also if you did tell them you were using weed, uh, then they might be judgmental or shitty or uh, like, it's terrible. Doctors mm-hmm. are really, really out of the loop. Mm-hmm. Brian's had um, that happen before where it's just like, and, and it, it depends on like what kind of like, where do you go? Like we go to Kaiser and it's like, they have to check all these stupid, dumb boxes and it's just like, right. and all these doors close to like you, you getting more help because they treat you like you're abusing and it's Your like privileges, it's, it's fucking legal. You're just, you're just asking for fucking help, dude. Right. You know? Right. And when they should be telling you, like, A, this interacts poorly with certain, like, um, blood thinners, uh, like, like, it's crazy. So there is a lot of stuff that I think if you are willy-nilly kind of wondering, like, will this help me? But I'm already on this. Um, it's like, it was mind-blowing and it completely explained why I was having such adverse reactions for something that I thought was going to help me. Wow. Um, so anyway, so that's why I do think it's fucking crazy for them to put CBD in a cocktail and for all these people to have no clue what they could be stepping into. Yeah, I'm, I agree. It is Even a, though I'm pro, I'm pro all of that stuff. I'm just absolutely. Very- it's, it's just a slippery slope when you are, when there's too much, too much of things can be bad things. And it's what is, I think the, what we're taking away from that, but I don't um, like it. Thank you for sharing that Brooke. Um, so great. Um, should we now jump into some server submitted stories? Stories. <laughs> Okay, this is from Jeannie, who wrote in a few episodes ago, kind of talking how she works in a hyper, hyper local small town diner and had been terrorized by this group of old farts where the one guy who's like, I don't got money to tip you today because the thing I like isn't a special or, you know, whatever. And we gave her, you know, we gave her some advice to be like, how about you mean mom him and embarrass him in front of the group and, you know, and and what have you, like, you just flow the hell out of him. Right, right. So she gave us a little follow-up. She said, Brooke and Andrea, I just listened to last week's episode and wanted to say thanks for the shout-out. I also want to apologize. Wow. The few semesters I spent at community college did not do any justice for my writing skills. Whatever, girl. Okay. So after this no-tip incident I told you about, I stewed on this for about a week as I am very, very part-time now since I became a mother. So I wanted to tell this old turd to eat it. Well, actually, I wanted to walk up to him, mug and pot of coffee in hand and say, well, I don't know. Are you going to tip me today before giving him his coffee? (laughs) And, you know, I imagine he would probably reply back with, well, I ain't got to tip you. It ain't my blah, blah, blah. To which I would respond, well, I have the right to refuse service to anyone in the state of Ohio. This was her revenge fantasy Mm -hmm. that she was playing over and over again in her head. She says, but and this is very relatable. But instead, I took the high road. But twist plot twist. She said it felt fucking good. I brought him his half cup of coffee. Yes, he wants half a cup of coffee because he wants it to stay extra hot while he jabber jaws through the morning. I walked up and said, good morning, John, with a big fake ass smile. And it actually felt good. He must have really needed that kindness yesterday because he almost got into a fist fight. I've been at this diner for seven years and I've never seen a single fist fight here. But leave it to fucking John. So anyway, she's like, you cannot make this shit up. They had to call the line cook out front to break it up. I guess even as an animal lover, I felt insulted that he will pay $3 for his dog's bacon. But for me, a human being, nothing. Mm. 
uh, this person's not going to change. That's what I have to say, Jeannie, is like, it's, yeah, it's not going to change. She says, Godspeed, good tips, and thanks again for the shout out. I often think about leaving the industry, but between y'all and the bitchy waiter, you help me keep my sanity. And well, I need the money. Duh. LOL. Jeannie. Ah, I'm just glad we all have a place to air our grievances. I think this is what's really the most important thing. Like it's, it's relatable or mm-hmm. just, you know, even I realized too, without, uh, I've taken, <laughs> I've taken a little break from talk therapy just cause it's expensive and you know, I'm, I'm ready to get back into it at some point, but that was my weekly time to just be like, I need to get this off my chest. And mm-hmm. even if, this serves as a sounding board. I'm telling you, it does wonders to speak your concern and be heard and get some feedback. Get it out of your brain and on to, and you know, where it spins and spins and spins (laughs) and into the hands of Brooke and Andrea. (laughs) Yeah. But even the first step of writing it out, you start to like, even writing out your grievance you start to feel better that you're expressing absolutely sometimes when i do that too i'm also like i sound crazy and petty as fuck and then no no Mm -mm. well sometimes sometimes and i can be like i stand by this but okay maybe i'm being a little over the top with this yes but that's also a form of therapy even just writing it out and sending you know so anyways we love it send your emails smile Moving on, next story, guys. Hello, lovely people. I heard your call for new server-submitted stories, but alas, my stint in food service was short and relegated to a couple of years making overpriced and very sugary smoothies for yuppies. Oh, that very much counts. But... I do hope to warm your hearts with a server who has stuck with me for many years. When I was a baby human in my early 20s, I broke up with my then boyfriend, but decided to go on our already scheduled summer vacation and also allowed him to live with me for six months after the fact, because who amongst us wasn't young and dumb? Been there. I mean, even being young, it doesn't really have anything to do with it. Okay. It continues to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We visited Cape May and probably enjoyed some sights around passive aggressive sniffing at each other, outright hostility, and young adult angst. But anyway, the first night of our trip, we went to a bar and grill and had a few, read more than a few, cocktails to ease the tensions. Our server was an absolute gem who somehow managed to get us to open up about the recent breakup, how we were feeling, etc., etc., and told us to come back anytime to give him the full story. Flash forward to a couple days later in our trip, and my now ex was off meeting a friend, so I had a solo night to hit the town. I found my way back to the bar with the same lovely server, and over the course of far too many cocktails, spilled out my heart. Of course, at that age, every breakup feels like the end of the world, and I, probably slurring words and through one bloodshot eye, told this poor man my entire story and all my insecurities about being a single person for the first time as an adult. The details are hazy, but I have a crystal clear memory of leaving the bar uh, to my server, refusing to let me pay for any of my drinks and coming out from behind the bar to give me a hug and tell me, don't sell yourself short. It was a moment of pure, unnecessary kindness at a time that I really needed it. And as I tell it now, I'm tearing up to how impactful it was to me. To this day, I still remember that moment and how much a kind word from a stranger meant when I was at a low point. 
from someone now on the other side, I hope that all the wonderful, overworked, unappreciated servers who listen to your show know that your moments of kindness are lasting and mean the world to people who you take care of. Godspeed and don't get murdered. Wait, I'm mixing up podcasts. This is from AJ. They, he. Oh, this is great. It's such a good one. And I do have a few, you know, like I said, servers can be bartenders, diner servers, just just people in the service industry can sometimes be unintentional little guardian angels. They're just doing their job. The beacon of light. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they might have to, you know, like it might be their job to be interacting with you, but there are some who really will drop the facade and connect if if you really seem like you need it and you're putting it out there, you know. Um, some people don't want to be talked to. Other people need you to hear everything <laughs> that they need to say that night. And, you know. Absolutely. We're Thanks sponge. for sharing. Yeah. I'm, I even made me think I've like some of my favorite servers I've like ever bartenders have ever had, obviously ones I've known, but ones I like just visiting a place and will never see again in my whole life and how amazing they made my yeah. evening. Yeah. Or that we were both those people and neither of us do either of those things anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm thinking, you know, and, and usually like me too, like once I start venting to a, a cool bartender, I will find my way into their bedroom. Usually <laughs> that's also my extra, you know, I'm like, can you believe my bad luck? You know, uh, want to make out? I miss those people. I do. Many of them are happily married now. And you know, anyways, it's all good. It's all good. You know who you are if you're listening. <sighs> like I said, I'm in a mood. Listen, I've only got a few more hours of being 42 years old left. So. Yeah, it's a big birthday. It's a birthday. It's Eve. a birthday. Indulge me, people. I was like, guys, let's spend 15 minutes talking about all the bartenders I've made out with. <laughs> or just go back and like listen to episode three at the beginning of the podcast, which is great. All right, one more story for you. Brooke, okay. You go. <laughs> I love this. Okay. Hello to Brooke, Andrea, and Brian. I hear your call for server submitted stories, and I'm here to answer it. I finally have something worth writing in about. <laughs> I love this. This was, ugh, makes my blood boil. Okay. Last night, I had one of the most nightmarish tables of my life a 24 top, mostly vegetarians, mostly non drinkers, and to top it all off, they allegedly had a set menu that they had emailed the managers to the wrong email address, mind you, (laughs) but that we did not know about until they arrived. Set menus are no substitutions or modifications to make it easier to accommodate a 24-person party at the same time. But these people paid no mind and asked for almost every dish on the set menu with modifications. I told them no where I could, but our chef was so frustrated that we had a set menu party out of nowhere, first of all, that even a few mods set him into a flurry of swear words and slamming his hands on the expo table. I can picture this. (laughs) You poked the bear. (laughs) Yes, you did. God, I can see it. Okay. Either way, we somehow pulled off a three-course meal for these people by the skin of our teeth and the sweat of our brow. When it came time for the check, they wanted it split 12 ways, which would have been no big deal, just time consuming, except they wanted the alcohol on another tab altogether and to split that one another five ways. Oh, my God. Okay. 
asking me to run 17 checks is like asking me to perform Musetta's waltz on an iced tea bucket. I do not know what that means. Meanwhile, they're all talking shit about the food, the service, and the restaurant itself. Plus, of course, all the time they spent waiting for the bill. Okay, this is a problem they created. I bring the 17 checkbooks back to the table, piled from my knee to my neck, and have to go over with each and every one of them that while you were not charged for the alcohol, it is on the same overall table, so it does appear on the bill. Oh, God. These people have never left the house. I stood for probably 20 minutes going from guest to guest with my phone out, showing them on my own calculator app that they had indeed not paid for the booze, but that it just appears on the check because they're all at the same table. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, furthermore, they had a total of five drinks, which would have amounted to an additional $4 for each guest, even if I had fucked up. Okay, right? So when they finally left, another server overheard them talking even more shit and swearing they'd never be back. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. (laughs) Godspeed and good tips, Crystal. Crystal. Again, yeah, just bye. Don't ever come back. Don't ever come back. Yeah. We don't we don't care. You were a bad table. We don't care. Yeah. I well that's one crystal that needs to be recharged in the moonlight, first of all. You crystal Drombowski, get oh, out there. Oh boy, oh boy. I uh geez, Louise. I mean, I hate tables like this, and then you're forced into being like overly nice and really like super, super over accommodating. And then I mean, what a bunch of fucking Eeyores. I'm just going to say that. It's like a nice thing for me to say. And let's, uh, you know, again, we have been doing this for three years. There's a good chance there are new new to the pod people who who don't do service industry, but like listening, find it interesting. Maybe it's time for a quick refresher. You and your friends, put it out there. You do not ask for 17 (laughs) checks. Not okay. Okay. More than four starts to get weird, you know? Um, It it really does. It's too much. Like, you need to have a plan in place. I mean, you had a set menu. So there was clearly some foresight of how much everyone was going to spend. I told you, you know, like like a week ago, it was so fun when we all had that dinner. I was like, I'm slapping down my Amex. Everyone Venmo me. It was great. that is a fucking class move. It mm-hmm. felt great. Everyone was real quick. When I gave them their total, boom, hit my Venmo. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Put it in my bank account. Got it Done. off my Amex. Like, Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and it's just, this just blows my mind that like, it just says a lot about this group of people. Nobody was really classy or a baller in any way where mm-hmm. anyone took charge and was like, oh, this is an atrocious situation. I know. Clearly, none of them had service industry experience, which right. And who shit the bed on the email? That's the who should be dealing with all of it. One hundred (laughs) percent. God, I mean, oh, I hate this. (laughs) I feel like usually, I mean, places when you come in with that many people, usually someone has to put a credit card down. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just had to do. I mean, I made reservations at a place the other night that was like thirty-five dollars. Per guest, if you don't come in, they get you get charged. Yeah, Ooh, girl, that we shit. ain't playing. Yeah, we ain't. By playing. the way, okay. I also had. I have to tell you, we had a server named Shalimar the other night, and he was fucking incredible. If you guys go to Cha 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 in the Arts District, ask for Shalimar. He made our night so fun. I'm. I love them. <laughs> I love him. I love Shalimar. 
<laughs> okay, I know. I'm Brian's I'm, like, me too, me too. <laughs> okay, I really I'm excited to try this spot out. That sounds awesome. Um, um, but yeah, but you guys, uh, these are obviously the stories that paying us, uh, you know, and 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 keep them coming. Good, bad, up, down, server submitted stories. Red you know? light, green light, baby. Yeah, I've been, so, I've been watching Squid Game. Uh-huh. Send us your Squid Game version of a night on the floor. <laughs> Sometimes waiting tables is a total Squid Game, but yeah, you know. yeah. Twenty servers start. Uh, there will be one standing by the end of the night, and they'll get all the tips. Go now. Um, you guys send those stories to sidewardpod at gmail.com. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, guys. Well, let's jump into the topic of the day. You know, we've had some pretty like deep dives lately. We just thought we'd like keep it light and fresh and fun today with a a topic we're going to talk about working at a date night spot. Exactly. Or just just yeah, date night, date day. It's date famous. Whatever. Maybe it just serves actual dates. I don't know. That would be located in the Yucca Valley in California. Oh, Famous yeah, for, for dates. Sure. You know, they have the ambiance that gets the juices flowing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As Andrea wrote down here in the document, she's like, let's chat about what it's... Ta- Wait, sorry, pause that. Andrea wrote in the document, let's chat about what it's like to make the horny donuts. Yay! I've never said a sentence like that out loud. <laughs> Ah, we've talked about couples before, obviously, and like what it's like to wait on couples and their, you know, how they behave, good, bad. But we don't talk about what it's like to work at these places, you know. Um, If you are working at like, like, it's a thing. I mean, we know when we've worked at the like the hot date spot, you know. Mm-hmm. And so every day is Valentine's Day. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, <laughs> it really is. I mean, some of these restaurants I've been researching, like one if by land, two if by sea in New York is like the most romantic restaurant. And it's like all it is, is I think couples over and over and over again. And there's different kinds of dates that I thought that we could we could kind of break down, you know. Um, but like, what does it take to wait tables and like bank on the on the fact that people are dating right so let's talk about the first date so like I think as servers I anybody can experience this because the first date I think can kind of be anywhere right well I've okay so as a server right who's now out in the wild you know I've, I've got that eye I've got that sharpened heightened sensibility I'm now really good at being out and I'm like first date I can I can fucking spot a first date from across the room. Yeah. You just know. 
You yeah, just know. And, and you're not frequenting the most romantic restaurants in Los Angeles all the time. You're no. at normal, regular places. I feel like if you're doing an icebreaker, right. going for something really baller like that is a big move. It's You're putting a lot on it. I think... You know, right. Okay. So, you know, maybe it's good to sort of um, identify what can be a date spot and when it's appropriate. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think what I'm talking about when I see couples on first dates, I'm usually at a fun laid back place where you can get a drink Mm kind of divey, popular, lots going on many other people around so that you guys can sort of, you know, I think that's great for a first date because you can sort of people watch. You can talk shit about other people. You can be a little entertained if you're, if your conversation's a little slow. Maybe it's a spot that has those goofy adult-sized bar and pub games, which we, you know, oh, yeah. did a whole episode about. Icebreakers. Totally. <laughs> but right, like a lot of icebreakers, a lot of moving pieces, um, and also not the pressure of everyone else seeming like they're on a date. You've got you know, people with their with their buddies, maybe with their kids, maybe a couple that's been together forever. So it it doesn't feel like this super pressure, tr- pressure yeah, mm-hmm. high pressure sitch. Um, but there are bars, even though they're super laid back, they are known as a great first date spot for that very reason. Totally. It, it, they just make it very easy to facilitate, you know, and the lighting is always going to be a really good, I don't know, all the, all the ambiance. But like, I think with a first date, no matter what, as a server or a bartender, like, I'm going to say it, Godspeed and good tips on that one because you never fucking know how it's going to be. Like, you don't, you don't know if it's going to go very well or very bad. You don't know what you're going to witness and how, like, awkward it's going to be for you to witness it. You know, you just, or it could be amazing. These two people could end up spending the rest of their lives together. Who knows? And you were there and you facilitated it by making sure you promptly showed up with more alcohol to pour down their throats so they could. <laughs> Get their love connection going. Um, I've absolutely, you know, but I mean, you've probably also as a server or a bartender have witnessed, uh, and I will say this because I've also been on the receiving end of first dates where you walk up with the person you traveled all that way to fucking spend some time with and the the bartender's like, you know, uh, what can I get you? And the guy answers and he's like, I'll have a beer. And he's like, and for her, and he goes, I'm just paying for mine in front of the bartender on a first date. And I was like, Copy. Copy that. Yikes. Got it. Okay. Should I just leave right now? You know? Wow. And he's like, he's like, you got both of these? He's like, no, just mine. And I was like, this guy's cool. Um, Very good indicator on a first date, too, especially, you know, maybe going back to like the vegetarian like story, like modifications. Like if someone's like, how are people treating you on a first date? How are they treating your server? Have we ever really talked about that? Like, is I that- think to some extent or another, I think it's, but I think it's just also kind of like out there in the larger dating yeah, language, looking for that. red flags mm-hmm. um, to be like, are they shitty to wait staff? Cause buckle up, baby. Like if you are not that person, <laughs> this is a bad, you know, if you both are like, you love being a piece of shit to servers too, then wonderful. You've met your horrible significant other and soulmate. <laughs> you belong together in hell. And then you continue to terrorize the same places over and over again and the same wait staff over and over again. Um, all right, let's talk about more like fan- the fancy date. Okay. So We'll lean more into that territory. The sexy booths, the dim lighting, cloth napkins, Brooke. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the expectancy of service is for sure elevated here. You know, typically someone's looking to impress or like it's a couple like collectively ready to splurge. So it's up sell fucking city for you. Mm-hmm. as a server, as a bartender. And I feel like, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a very specifically curated type of place. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, it's going to be on the map known for like good cuisine, uh, sort of like that exclusive ambiance. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be set up in a way where the point is to make couples feel like very, you know, like 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 the spacing is thought of, you know, whether the booths feel private and sexy, you know, or like there are just all these vibes where if you're like, we're a sexy fucking date night that people are going to like, you know, knife each other to get reservations at. There's a lot of thought put into a floor plan. Like mm-hmm. how does how does the fucking material of the chair even feel? Is that like a fun, elevated, weird totally. thing? Totally. You know? Like I don't crowd the tables. Don't make them too close to each other. They need to be like spread out accordingly. So you feel the intimacy, even though you're in a room full of people. Right. You're not jammed too close to other people, but the table's not so big that you can't lean in over a shared dessert mm-hmm. and do kissy face. You know, sure, it can't sure. <laughs> like the table itself might be a little more of an intimate size, but you won't be jammed in too close to the next person having uh, an intimate time, which as we all know is a awkward, a very awkward, bad feeling, which is another reason going back to why I hate Valentine's day is because places will usually um, double the floor size in mm-hmm. terms of seating to make money. And you're like, what is this? A fucking, state fair like <laughs> this is a goddamn hog auction that i got ushered into what am like I sitting is this a whiskey barrel like with a t- na- tablecloth on it i don't yeah. know yeah which actually probably would be like cool five stars um you know you know and i i would like to take a moment to realize too like i think you know bars that think a little bit about the harder about the customer experience like like if a girl is like more dressed up because this is a fancier place or whatever, like they're not going to jam you into situations where it's just one long continuous bench and you have to fucking lift your leg into the air and show your vagina to sit down. Like, <laughs> like I hate shit like that, you know? When yeah, you're like, yeah. I yeah. like a place too where it's like you sit down and someone waits to hand you a menu. I mean, that's classy. Um, but I think working at places like this, that's just what you're used to. You're used to selling the romance, right? Which I think is kind of amazing. Like to work at a place where it's just like we sexy as fuck. You gonna have a great time. It's gonna be smooth. It's gonna be smooth as silk. You guys just let us finesse again that word finesse you and do the work. Um, which is fun to be able to be like, I'm going to take you on a journey of the senses. Right. And I think, too, like, especially like, you know, you know that you are on a good date too. like if both parties are willing and excited to be like, I, I give it up to God, you know, to let the restaurant and the professionals at this restaurant do the thing that they do. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. walking in and immediately trying to control the experience, which is like, no, no, that's, it's the whole reason we exist. We're here to make you want to fuck. Okay. We've Absolutely. thought it over the food, yeah. the drink, the lighting, the everything. Like we are your fucking wingman and woman in this situation. <laughs> so cut it out, you know? Uh-huh. Absolutely. I think that there's like, do you think that everything being online and being able to dissect every single menu and every single drink online is like ruining this? Um, well, that's a problem you have a little more than the average person. 
you study it like it's a fucking I don't, SAT. Actually, like, anymore now, I kind of just like let it. I don't. It's a new thing where I'm just like, I'm not going to ruin this. I used to kind of. But now I'm like, I just want to like wait and look at the and have the experience, which I, you know, that must be really new. And I I mean that lovingly. I'm just saying like you are. You can't get away from it. Like also, if you're making a reservation, looking at the menu, you're kind of like, oh, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. But I don't I'm not the kind of person who is like, I know exactly what I'm going to order and I know exactly what I want when I go in. I do look at the menu, but I'm not that OCD. I would not say that. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying you're an enthusiast. You yeah. like to know. Yeah, I it, This was not, I'm just saying. I can kind of catch myself up short not doing my due diligence sometimes and sort of be like, oh, I, I don't want it. <laughs> like I show up and be like, I don't like anything this place is about. <laughs> um, I think my thing is I do a scan to be like, do the cocktails look like my style? Okay, I see something on there where I know I could get this. Is the food, okay, great. I could eat here. But then I like, I kind of like leave it to chance too because you never know you can walk in some menu items may have changed right. they might have fantastic specials they might totally. be running you know but uh, yeah so I think that's like another hopeful like the thing about a place that knows it's maybe been like named you know by like a you know there are all these fun list aggregates there's a big one here in LA called Infatuation LA mm-hmm. that puts out really fun lists to be like totally the, like the and they get really specific like the 10 best places to go on a dinner date when you know you're finally going to get laid, you know, or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's like a third, fourth date place, you know? Absolutely. And these spots, like, they get it. The servers are sexy. They're they're kind of just, like, lightly caressing your junk the whole time you're there, (laughs) getting you in the mood, getting you ready, you know? it's And let them. They're fluffing your evening, if you They are fluffing. They're Mm -hmm. fluffers. Mm -hmm. And, you Uh, know... Yeah, I mean, I I love stuff like this, but I also love I love all sorts of different kinds of activity. I like fun dates. I like going to a fucking dive bar. I like going to a bowling alley. I think that like couples who are up for anything are people just like us, and they're probably it's probably their day off from the restaurant, and they're up to having lots of fun shenanigans all over all over the city. For sure, yeah, yeah. I think. Um... You know, that's a little different, like, in terms I can't speak to it service-wise because you're, like, uh, you know, it's a bowling alley. You've got people who are in for leagues and your normal people who love bowling. And then I think, if anything, it's just a bonus if you're, like, this couple's cool. They're on a first date and knocking down some pins together. Wonderful. But there's no additional or special service you give them. They're they're bowling. You're going to fucking bowling alley. Um, but yeah, I just, I think like, I didn't know if they got a little, little off like the, the specific dating spot, but like, I know that you looked up these other things, but I think what's funny is you, uh, you mentioned the recurring date. Mm-hmm. So for the people, the, the people who are on perpetual dates at all times, their date spot, this is where the couple that's making it work that they're, you know, getting along with each other. And you know that they're coming in maybe once a week maybe two times a month, but they are having date night and they choose you. They Mm -hmm. pick you in your establishment. Oh yeah. I love it that maybe it's like this feeling they get where like it was like a reset for the relationship. Like, like how much they 
love each other or lo- like the feelings they had for each other when they first started coming to the restaurant and eating and they get to like relive that every time they come in. I think that's, I, and you're I think a part that's of that. True. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm thinking of it from both sides that there are absolutely the spots where you're like, how nice, like me and my significant other, like, I know we, this is like a no fail. You know, this place always makes us happy. We're happy to be here. So then we're walking in with happy energy. The fucking bartender knows us because we're here on a Tuesday because we know that's when Kirsten's here mm-hmm. or whatever. And this whole thing just feels like we're all out on date night, even though you're working and we're eating and whatever. And I love that, especially when it's a couple that is good. I mean, now you can be on the receiving end of the other circumstance where you're like, oh God, it's date night for the fucking, for the, you know, what's that uh, shit? I'm thinking of that cartoon. Um, the crump, the crumps, the grant, the current, uh, either way, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. But I'm thinking of like some grumpuses and you're like, oh God, they're here again. And it's like, sometimes you're like, I think they just need to get out of the house. And so mm-hmm. they're bringing their misery to put on display yeah, here. Yeah, they've come instead. to project their sadness onto us for the evening. <laughs> but it's cute. I I used to I used to wait on a couple who they were they were weekly regulars and it's just cute. You could tell they've been doing this for years and it got to be like the third time I had them like on a Tuesday night on their date night. They never wavered from the the woman had this and the man had this and it was always the same cocktail that they each had. So by the third time you're like the usual and they're like absolutely baby you know and like the quicker you can get into their cute little date night ritual it felt good to be like here they come like start making this and this and it was like once in a blue moon she'd be like actually I'm gonna change you know and you'd be like what and play all (laughs) silly and be like what's the special occasion why aren't we having a Manhattan tonight or whatever and but it was cute but they were like clockwork um I had to mention the opposite of that, which yeah. is like the lazy, I call them the lazy local, <laughs> which is like the serial dater who is like, yeah, I live two, do- two doors down from my local place. So I make every internet date happen here so that I'm <laughs> two feet from home so that either if I hate the date, I have to put in very little effort to go home or if I want to bag them, also very little effort to drag them. You know, I hate this person I really hate this person it's really interesting because they have like the lay of the land and they probably they know the staff the oh, staff, the staff hates knows you. them we're like yeah. we're we're sort of vicariously dating also because we're watching you you be your horrible self while you subject multiple victims I think this is a very male move this can be a very male move oh, yeah. um and we're watching all of these women just walk into another date with Derek, you know, and we're sitting here as a bartender. Now we're roped into your fucking charade, you know, <laughs> being like, oh, haven't seen you in a while. You were here yesterday <laughs> on a different date. It's- like your server just passes her a note when he's in the bathroom that just says run on it. <laughs> Like your date number five this week. We are so sick. Like Derek sucks. Let us just do you the favor. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing too. If that's your move, you run the risk of the female staff totally blowing your shit up. Uh If you're a wanker, if you're a total wanker, like (laughs) you think you're so slick, you're lazy and the wait staff knows. (laughs) I love it. I love this. I'm so glad you added this one. Um, I hate the lazy local. So I think, you know, date night, 
romantic restaurants obviously leads to people popping the question, people proposing in restaurants. And I found this article, which is from 2015, but I do think it's still pretty darn relevant. Um, you know, people get engaged at restaurants all the time. Mm-hmm. And this says that at least 138 couples got engaged at the Eiffel Tower restaurant in Las Vegas, which is at the Paris Casino that year alone. And that is only the number booked through online reservations on open table. So they do their data analytics. They analyze them. Um, and out of 13 million reservation requests notes made they basically found that 10,000 mentions were proposals and the highest of them were at this Eiffel Tower restaurant so this is like a serious deal like there's less days in the year than there are than there are proposals at this restaurant right um so the Eiffel Tower restaurant if you pop over to their website okay they have a whole proposals little menu you can pop on and then you can then pick the package of how you want your evening to go, which is kind of great for a server. I'm not going to great for a server. Right. (laughs) Um, obviously if it goes well, it's good for a server. If she says, yeah, if they say he, she, or they say, yeah. Um, so the dinner proposal, you can get three premier corner tables. You can, you can get it to a premier table. It's 600 a couple. You get a champagne toast. You get a custom dinner. You get a wine pairing. You get a half a dozen long stem roses. Ugh. And then a photo op as well. So it is actually a prefix that you get when you do all this. And I think everything is meant to be shared. And then they do like a romantic proposal. There's an illusionist that will do it for you. You can get a private table and a side magic show. Uh, you know my your skin is trying. connection. You know my skin is trying to tear itself off of my body right now. I am being polite. I am trying to imagine the experience of others politely. (laughs) Now, are you ready to like really freak out on me? (laughs) You can do a brunch proposal. Can you imagine you just discovered the worst brunch shift anyone could ever fucking hope to work in their life. Yeah. You've been doing cocaine all night in Vegas. You wake up stumbling to brunch. Turns out someone's proposing. Bottomless mimosas and for the rest of bottomless mimosas for the rest of your life. You know, you 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 look at the yeah, you look at the fucking seat map and you're like, how many proposals in my section today? Fuck, I got five proposals today. You know, you just start (laughs) filling up fucking ice buckets for mimosas. What a piece of shit. You know, they chose brunch because it's cheaper than the dinner package. I mean, obviously, like they try and make it as nice and accommodating as possible and because there are so many of them they're just you know they're they're like of course every everyone every proposal is unique and you know and and different no matter what tier of proposal package you can afford it's got to be pretty shitty to have like hey you these people proposed before us and they had a fucking illusionist come like and do magic at the table and i just got like a shitty one flower and like a flowerless chocolate cake that my the ring is covered in goo now you know it's 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 not (laughs) it's not a good look it's not a great (laughs) look and it's just like you think you think 
like the person you're like flinging around Vegas isn't going to Google this spot and see it's the number one proposal restaurant in all of Vegas. Like they're, they know what's up. Not they even know Vegas in the country, I think, has the most in the country. Wow. Other than that, it's the River Cafe in Brooklyn. Do you know this place? No. I don't. No. I A need... lot of, like, places, high-rise view things, like, you know, the Boathouse in Central Park in New York City. Like, the Space Needle in Seattle, you know? A lot of it is, like, the top of the world restaurant, the Stratosphere. It's just a lot of, like... If you're if you're, you know, ten floors up or more, get down on one knee. <laughs> I guess I don't really, you know, I we can be jaded sometimes because we've lived in a, in a lot of big cities. It, it, it like it's not exciting to me to be ten floors off the ground. Like I get maybe you come from a very flat land, you know, middle of the country, and so you're like, ooh, we're elevated, isn't it romantic? I think it's more the view, you know, the views really like lighten the mood and I know, I, and I'm but, so bitter. I'm like, I want to be in the middle of the desert looking at nothing. That's you know, so I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. But absolutely, I just think like as a server, good lord, like what a lot to deal with. I mean, again, making your life easier, but talk about places that like don't have. A, a pre-package you can like click on and fill like check like five boxes you know where there's like huge elaborate things and like having to fucking deal with like a nervous whoever the person is proposing and like their anxiety being projected onto you which we've talked about before like it's a lot you know you are part of like if it doesn't go well they might blame you which is wild which is crazy which is bad <laughs> um yeah but that's it's a yeah it's a lot of emotional uh managing a lot of emotions and expectations um which is like we said, the nature of serving, this is just a very, very involved version of it. So I see you found, which I was going to go on a Reddit thread, and I'm going to go ahead and encourage y'all to send in server-submitted stories about crazy things you have overheard on a first date mm -hmm. or any dates that have gone horribly wrong. Andrea has some stuff to share. Yeah, so this independent article that I found, which is definitely like, you know, from a Reddit thread, and they have, like, highlighted a few of them. Um, so this first one says, a bartender wrote that when he arrived for a shift, the manager told him that there was a guy who wanted to propose to his girlfriend at the bar, and they wanted his help. And I said, the guy said, I said, sweet, no probs. <laughs> so the manager gave me the ring and told me to put it on top of her drink. Fast forward to the date. The bar was pretty busy. She ordered a Long Island, so I put it on the straw, and I handed it to him. She had the what the fuck mate <laughs> look and then he dropped to his knees our manager put on some romantic songs and to my surprise she drew the threw the drink at the poor bloke and ran out the door later I came to realize it was only their second date <laughs> Jesus uh... that's rough yeah because I mean like you don't know what you've been roped into it's no. wild that, you know, like there are people with very poor judgment who have now roped you into the, you know, instead of saying you, you're like, oh, this is going to be so sweet. She's like, call the cops. <laughs> this guy's crazy. 
you know? Um, it's so, so terrible. Um, um, there's one more that I'll share really quick. That, oh, yeah. Um, about how a date ended it in a dramatic drug bust and an arrest. Yes, the, do share yeah. this one. So it says the worst uh, date that this person saw was when they had a date get broken up by about 10 cops rushing to the table. Turns out the guy was a big-time drug dealer uh, who the cops had been looking for for quite some time. He got tackled, cuffed, and taken outside. One of the cops came back to apologize and told me they caught him because the girl had tagged herself with him at the restaurant on Facebook. <gasps> so I guess always ask your dates if they have any warrants out for arrest before you tag them anywhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a that's a great night. That's a great night as a server. What that is that talk about some side work gossip. You know what I'm saying? I can 100% see us rolling our silverware being like, yeah. And then and then. <laughs> and then when the SWAT team rushed in, uh, you know, you, surprisingly, the rest of my tables went 20 percent. They felt bad about the whole night. It was great. You know, we did get swarmed by, uh, you know, the fucking FBI. And I feel like this would be me from I'd always be like, I'd be off that night. I'd be like, I always miss the fucking good stuff, man. Truly. Like, <laughs> But yeah, you guys, any awkward first dates, weird date nights, or if you love like waiting on people who are on a date, like send us those stories. I think this is a super fun. It's a great topic. Silly if topic. You, if you've been on a bad date at a restaurant, has a server helped you through it? Did you stay? You know, like we just we had that lovely server submitted story. Yeah. Like, did a date? Did a date blow you off? And then you fucking hung out with the bartender and had a great made a night of it. Anyways, like that's the kind of shit I I love, and I've absolutely uh, been a part of that sort of shit. And again, I've been <laughs> stood up, and you're like, well, I'm not gonna not have a drink, you know. <laughs> to stay here can I go with you guys all night okay thank you I think you. that's the beautiful thing too about when you are service industry you don't feel insecure hanging out in you know in bars and restaurants you're like nope. what's up peeps I do yep. what you do yeah a solo date night if you will mm -hmm. <laughs> ah. well on that note Brooke let's uh let's wrap her up so we can go have a great night I'm so excited. I'm going to I'm going to go pick up that pen in just a few minutes. <laughs> uh, let's uh, happy birthday to Brooke. Oh, you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Send her your love. Send us those stories. It does that birthday love and form of stories, guys. That's yes, what I'm going to ask I like for. that very much. So um, well, we will uh, absolutely be talking to you again next week. Thank you again for supporting the pod. We love you guys. And until then, you know what we say at the end of each show. Godspeed and good tips. Good fluff. Get, get fluffed. Yeah, get Gotta fluffed out there, guys. Horny. Make, make those horny donuts.